Hey, it's Marsha Meyer with another episode of Girl Talk, Women, Aging, and Sexuality. Girl Talk explores all aspects of aging and sexuality, from body image to romance to communication to aging-related challenges. Despite studies that show that women of a certain age still enjoy sex, it's something that's rarely discussed, even among women. Girl Talk aims to change that. Come along and join the conversation. Joan Brager has coached people around the world for more than 25 years in corporate, academic, and community settings to achieve the results that are most important to them. She is the author of Never Too Late for Love, The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating in the Second Half of Life. She is certified as a relationship coach by Catherine Woodward Thomas, the family therapist and New York Times bestselling author of Calling in the One and Conscious Uncoupling. Joan holds a faculty position at Boston University School of Public Health, where she teaches leadership to masters and doctoral students. Hello, and welcome to Girl Talk, Joan. You know, you're a relationship coach Mm -hmm. and a professor at Boston University. You've studied leadership, Mm -hmm. and you've written this new book that just came out in May, and it's called Never Too Late for Love. The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating in the Second Half of Life. So congratulations, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. First of all, I wanted to ask you, how did you come to write this book? Well, I wanted to write, I have a first, I have actually two books on leadership that I've written in my life, and I was about to write another book on leadership, and I sat down to write, and I realized that I had entered a new phase in my life where I was more interested in the subject of love than leadership. And uh, that was, I I loved that I learned that because I I actually started to do some research. I was going to do some work on uh, women in leadership, which is an obvious topic for me. And then I've done a lot of teaching and research on. And, you know, I started to look around. I wrote this book last year when I was 64. And I had recently remarried. I was remarried at 62. And I learned that getting remarried at 62 was actually probably the most profound experience I'd had. And I wanted to share with others what it took, that it was an enormous challenge. Every, every, sometimes I have people ask me, but isn't some of it awful? I went, yes, some of dating in today's day and age can be awful. I, I, I no question about it. And I was really actually committed that I wanted to be in a loving relationship. So, so had I, you come out of a long-term relationship yes. before? Yes, I had been married and uh, I have grown children and I was divorced at 57. And I actually like living with someone whom I love very much. And so I, there was a lot to learn. And so as I started to write the book, I wanted to share what I've learned with other people. And so just, yes. can you tell me what, what are some of the things, what are the highlights that the you highlights. tell us? Are from well, you know, the first and most important highlight is never, never give up. I hate to say that because sometimes people, I, I get notes from people all the time now, read the book and they say, oh, I went out with two people and it really didn't work out. I was like, no, you're just beginning. Meeting two incompatible people is just the beginning of this journey <laughs> because there's obviously going to be many, many, many people you're incompatible with in the world. It's an obvious fact. And the other fact that people know, but it's really hard to grapple with is that 
you will need to meet a lot of people to meet someone that you feel special with and enjoy being with. It just, um, unless you're extremely we're, lucky. We're talking mostly about online dating. Yeah, you know. And it's such, it's such a compression of what we might have experienced as younger people, right? Where yes. you at least have several years of late or teenager, yes. dumb until early yes. adulthood, where you're kind of meeting a lot of different people and testing the waters. And, yes. and now we get to this age after 50 or 55, and we all of a sudden get thrown back into a dating pool. And it feels like there's this huge compression of time where you have to meet a lot of people. And that's kind of what the online dating experience is. You meet a lot of people in a short period of time. You have coffee dates, you have lunch dates, you have, you know, meetings in the park. Yes. And it's interesting thing too, and I'd love to know if this was your experience because I, I went through this online dating stuff too. You can tell pretty quickly whether you're going to click with somebody. Like even probably I would say within five or 10 minutes of meeting someone. Well, that's interesting. I, I, I had a slightly different experience. I really did. I found that there were some people, well, first of all, I'll preface this by saying that I met 40 people over two years. Okay. So that was a lot of people. And, you know, I, like everyone else, think I've had a pretty unique life and I, you know, I'm just not going to click with everybody. And yet I was willing to give people an enormous benefit of the doubt. I really was. So some people I would go out with, uh, one, two, or three dates before we found out it just wasn't right. You know, we were both, you know, like, like maybe there's something here. Mm -hmm. And um, up to sometimes, uh, uh, I think one person I dated for two weeks and found out it wasn't right, and one person I dated for three months and found out it wasn't right. So that's why I say take some persistence, because you could easily give up at any point in this thing. Really. Well, yeah, and as you said, it's over a two-year two period. So... Yeah. You have to, I hate to throw that old okay. trope out about kissing a bunch of frogs, but it's you know. like meeting a bunch of frogs. You yeah, at least say that. Yeah, and, yeah. So what do you think are the biggest drawbacks for women in the online dating world? Well, there's a couple things. One, for our generation, we are a little bit nervous about everything online. So people are afraid of what it means to randomly meet a stranger. And that's, I think, the biggest problem. There's no context like you met someone at someone else's house, at least you know two or three people who knew them, but you're actually meeting someone who no one in your life knows. And that's very challenging because you have to have all of your intuitive alerts on and ask some really good questions to find out what kind of person this is. You know, and they're, and unfortunately, you know, online, there there are crazy, I hate to say this out loud, but there are crazy people online and you can run into them. And so you have to be very, you know a lot of things about how to keep yourself safe. You, you really do. So yeah. what are the kinds of things that, did you have like some standard yeah. questions that you kind of asked everybody? Oh, that's a great question. Well, one, I'd say, no, I didn't. Because one of the things I say is that you don't want to do an interview. <laughs> it's a t you know what I'm saying? You just, it doesn't go for a good date. But what you do want to do, and I learned, I learned this from my own coach was, you want to be sort of like deeply grounded when you're on a date. You don't want to, you don't, you want to know how you feel being with this person uh, and, and really tap as deeply as you can into your intuition. Is this comfortable? Does this person, am I enjoying myself? Do I feel respected and listened to? Or on the other side, do I feel like I have to present myself and, you know, impress this person that that won't go well that way. Mm -hmm. 
So any other thoughts about yes. questions that you might, I mean, or things that yes. you look for in a potential? Oh, those are great things. Yes. You know, I heard a great line once that I apply in my dating, which is, is he a good person? He's mm. so fundamental. You know, he might be smart and talented and rich and a million things, but is he a good person? You don't have to live with this person through an endless variety of difficult situations. Uh, you know, you have sick children. You know, we can have seven grown children. So we have an endless number of things that happen in our lives that we go through together. And so there's got to be someone you can, well, here's the other thing. It's got to be someone you can trust deeply. And the truth about that is it takes a while to find out if you can trust someone deeply. Yes, it, it does. I mean, I actually, after I met my husband online, I went out with him for two years before I agreed to marry him. I, I really wanted to know who he was yeah. deeply. Yeah. So it's not an easy thing. Uh, people get, one of the biggest problems is people get discouraged. And I'll, I'll just tell you something. Almost 50% of women in our generation are single now. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. And it seems like I meet more and more women who once you're 55, and many of us have come out of very long marriages. And it is hard. It's confusing. It's, you know, I was married for almost 30 years. Yes. And you, it's just like a different world. And I appreciate what you said about really getting to know somebody and getting to the place where you understand if you trust them or not, because I think that's probably the most basic quality that you're going to need in a partner. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, also I think at this stage in life, we're partly different people may interest us than interested us when we were younger. You know, I appreciate greatly. I put on my online profile, I'm looking for someone who's proud of his accomplishments in work and family as I am. Now, I didn't say what kind of work, what level of work, just that you had done something that you felt good about. That's all I wanted. And that you felt mostly good about what had happened with your family. You didn't, you know, you didn't abandon them. You didn't run away. You did what you needed to do. And those were my criteria at this point in life. And they turned out to be very good criteria. You know, so it's different than when I was younger, much different. So the book promises to tell women some particular practices that they should follow. What Can you give me some idea of what? Yes, I have a new, uh, the paperback hasn't come out yet. It's online. And in, in the paperback, I have a do's and don'ts of online dating. And the first thing is, uh, do put a picture that looks like you on your profile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that goes for everybody. Who goes. That goes for everybody, men and women. That, that when you, you go to a place and you meet someone and they don't look anything like their profile, that's a problem, honestly. I would say also, you know, there's a lot of safety tips that I also say, like do meet people, obviously, in public places. Also, don't give people your phone number. Just ask people if you can call them or have a phone number that doesn't show up. It's in Massachusetts, you hit star six. and you're, You don't want people to have your phone number who you don't know. Right. I hate to say that, but... I learned that because one man who I thought was not going to be a problem, you know, I'm a professor at BU. He also, you know, was a professor at BU. And we called up and quickly into the conversation, I realized that I didn't want to pursue it. So I said, I'm sorry, I really don't want to pursue this. And he had a bit of an anger management problem. And he kept calling me, like sort of stalking me. And it was a little scary. And uh, I thought since we had a common you know, community, there's someone at BU, if he really was a problem, I would report him to somebody. But after that, I learned I don't, nobody sees my phone number until I know them. 
So those are the simple, you know, basic tackling things of how to do it. Um, always meet for coffee. Don't meet for long dates. Don't have dinner with someone you don't know. It's like, can be torture to have some. One time, I'll just say some, a funny one. One time I went to meet a man for coffee and he said he was five, six. Okay, I'm five, six. I went in and there was a man and he was about <laughs> He and I just sat down and we just knew within a second, like this was just like such a no starter. And you know, it got, I can't say in all possible worlds it would have been no star, but it, it was pretty clear to us we weren't going to get that far. And so we did our best to have a pleasant conversation for 20 minutes. But, but you know, there's just some people just are not matches and yeah. you know it. Yeah. 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 You just know it. You just, and that's, I think that's very true. Um, what do you think, based on your own journey, Sure. What do you want women to know who might be just stepping into this new world of going out there and dating okay. online? Well, I want women to know, one, good men are not looking for younger women. Okay? It's, it's sort of important to know that. There's, there's a myth out there that 60-year-old men want 40-year-old women. And I asked my husband, who is four years older than me, he was 64 when I met him, and I was about 60. I said, why didn't you want a younger woman? He said, well, listen, I have kids who were in their 40s. And I just, I don't want to be in that generation conversation. I know what that generation conversation is. So one, men are, not all men, and I would say definitely not very good men are looking for younger women. I mean, my husband and I have the benefit of we we went the other night to a folk concert together, and we have all the same lyrics in our head. We have, we have lots of, you know, my boyfriend and I have talked same thing. He's, he's like, why would I want to be with someone who doesn't have the same cultural references that I do? Because we all grew up at the same time with the same music and the same pop culture and the same interests in books. And, you know, it means more than you can realize that to have a similar, you know, when I uh, met my husband, one of the first things I heard from him that was that he was a Vietnam vet. And that really took me because that was the experience of our generation. I said, oh, oh, wow. And we could, it really was immediately, we were in a common experience. So, so one, men aren't looking for younger women and people need to understand, know that and be reassured about that. Yeah. And the I second, that is a fear. I think a lot of older women think, oh, all they're looking for is, you know, the little nubile 30 year old outside appearance but the other thing that's hard to know until you've been in the experience is that men are actually attracted to us you know it's, it's, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting thing i mean i only learned it by going through it that first of all i, I dated a lot of people and many of them were attracted to me and people i didn't even want to be in relationship with were attracted to me so that was nice and then two my husband of course is really attracted to me and tells me all the time how beautiful I am. So, you know, just as we can sort of, you know, see someone in our generation that we wouldn't have been attracted to when we were 20, good men are capable of doing that as well. So people need to understand that and know that and have faith. Yeah. Yeah. And having faith, I have a good friend who just last fall after almost five years of online dating, connected with the man who she feels is the one, you know, and they're just like in that lovely first blush of relationship and they're traveling together and they're just like, they're the cutest things ever. That's a great story that that we really need to share those stories that, you know, oftentimes women come to me after they've had many, many disappointments. I say, well, I know, but where else are we 
what else are we going to, what are we going to do? Instead of, don't give up, right? Don't give up is the main message. And get, I will say, get support because it's very challenging. It's, you know, you can get disappointed. And when you're disappointed, you fall back into, there's no one out there. Um, It's too late for me. You fall back into a lot of false beliefs that won't help you when you're disappointed. Which so. I think also leads to isolation often. I have, I know a lovely woman who is in her 70s and she said to me, finally, I'm just, I gave up, you know. I'm, yes. and she, had, she had lost her husband to death. I mean, she yes. was a And I just, my, my heart breaks because that, you know, she doesn't have to be alone the rest of her life. I, I coach women in their 70s and I see so many, you go out to brunch and you see two or three single men in their 70s eating breakfast together on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, there are single men out there who are out there and, and there's some good ones. I mean, that's the other thing. I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say this. But I live in a kind of a small town and, and that several of my girlfriends, we were all in the same kind of online dating experience at the same time. And after a while, you get to know all the men who are, who are on, on that part of it. Right. Yeah. You're like, we started comparing notes. Like we, yeah. were, we were meeting the same guys, you know, it was kind of crazy. That is interesting. Um, oh, one other thing I want to say, in addition to being worried about your looks, you know, men like smart women. There's also a myth out there that men don't like smart women. And what's true is some men really need to have a smart woman. <laughs> so yes, some people do not want to be intimidated by a woman. That's an accurate statement, but a man who wants to have an interesting conversation or interesting life wants an intelligent woman. So I would think so. And in fact, if they're a little bit afraid of being with an intelligent woman, they're probably very insecure. Yeah, that's not that's not your match. But there is someone out there who'll be thrilled that you're smart and self-sufficient. Um, you know, my my husband had on his criteria. I don't think he wrote it down, but he thought it. He wanted someone who had really taken care of herself and made it on her own, you know, so that we could, you know, be two people sorting out what this chapter of our life would be like. And that that is what we are now. We're two, you know, self-sufficient people sorting out this part of our life. And and it's it sounds like you guys chose yeah. to live together. You know, that's another yeah. thing right now is a lot of older couples are together, yeah. but choosing to live separately. Oh, well, we, it's, it, people do that. I have friends and clients who do that because of the nature of their life. Um, he moved in with me as soon as he fell in love with me. I'll, I'll tell you something very sweet that happened. He, we didn't sleep together for three months, that, which is unusual and challenging in, you know, in today's dating world. I know that. Yeah. And I had sort of gone out with enough people that I said, I, I really don't want to sleep with someone before I know him. I, I mean, I knew that in my head. But he very consciously did it. And we didn't sleep together for three months. And then uh, one time I said, did you think we could ever go away for a weekend? He said, oh, yes. And his eyes lit up. So I knew he was interested. And But then he fell in love with me right away. It was probably what he was a little worried about. And as soon as he fell in love with me, he just, he went from like a once a week dating guy to wanting to, like not wanting to leave me. Yeah. Wanting to be with you all the time. All the time. So, so he did move, he did move in eventually. And then eventually I, two years into it, I said, you can propose to me again. I proposed many times and two years I said, you can propose again. And he proposed. That's a sweet story. So is he retired? Are you? Well, this is great. He, the whole, we've been together five years, married three, and he's about to uh, retire in January. He'll be 70. And I am planning 
I'll be 60, I am 65, and I'm planning to, and I'm saying in quotes, retire. I'm going to stop some of the things I'm doing. I'm going to stop teaching at Boston University. Um, I do a lot of, I'm a leadership consultant. I, I consult to companies in the Boston area, and I'm just going to, won't stop doing that. <laughs> so that's what I'm calling my retirement. But it really, as we know about retirement now, everyone's got to find the next thing that we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So I, what I, what I, my transition is I transitioned to uh, phone coaching, mostly about relationships. That's what I, what's, what I, I moved my business to. Yeah. And, and, and I think that for women, I mean, we need to keep moving into something that's interesting, even though we may give up something that's been steadfast part of something we've done if it as as we get older we get to kind of choose things that look more interesting or or seem like they'd be more fun to do right i'll tell you someone uh contacted me last week from boston university do you want to do an uh online course on leadership which five or ten years ago would have been my dream come true and i said mm, not really <laughs> but thanks for asking <laughs> thank you i was thrilled but i i sort of i've taught leadership for 30 years and that's enough of that thank you very much and what I get enjoyment out of is talking to uh, women and helping them through the process of what it takes to get back on their feet after a long relationship and go out there again as a, you know, a new version of themselves. Do you work primarily with women or do you have men clients too? You know, I work primarily with women. Yeah. I, I, I think I have a belief that women are very determining in relationships. I, I think. And so I actually, I do some coaching, uh, conscious uncoupling, and we work uh, with men and women, but I work with a fellow coach who, who coaches the men, and I always coach the women. <laughs> Which is a great setup. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I would like to make an offer to your listeners. Um, I'm sharing uh, the e-version of my book with people, okay. and I'm happy to send you an e-copy. And the way you get it is to send me an email. So now I'm going to tell you what my email is. It's Joan, J-O-A-N, at JoanBrager.com. Now I'm going to spell Joan Brager. Joan at J-O-A-N-B-R-A-G-A-R, JoanBrager.com. If you send me a note, I'll be happy to send you a copy of the book. So to share with you what I've learned. Wonderful. That's awesome. Thank you, Joan. Join us next time for another episode of Girl Talk, Women, Aging, and Sexuality. You can find Girl Talk on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are found. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. And consider making an ongoing contribution to keep us going. We would be forever grateful.